0: Wrestling fans, I'm pleased to announce that our next audio documentary, the Henry Cejudo Experiment, will be going live Monday, April 24th. You can listen to all six episodes right here on Wrestling Changed My Life. Now let's get to the show.
1: You know, I don't want to say like, oh, I, I love adversity, but I kinda of like when when something happens and it doesn't work out, I kinda of, inside kind of have a smirk, you know, like kind of like, oh well, this perfect it happened to me because if you know. Something I can handle, I can deal with because of the things that we've gone through. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity. 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I fail and everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestle because if you wrestle,
0: natural talent helps,
1: but it's it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time, I good at wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner, our guest today is Dustin Schlater, NCAA champion for Minnesota, three-time All-American, 2009 world team member, and the coach for both Minnesota and the Minnesota RTC for for many, many years. Dustin was a legend on the mat, and I'm so glad we got him on the podcast. Fan of the week goes to... Ah, this one goes to our friend Randy Bills from Naples, Florida, the proud new owner of a wrestling change my life t-shirt thank you so much randy we appreciate it and without further ado folks let's give it up for dustin Schlater. just a quick update from our sponsor then we'll be right back to the episode this episode of wrestling change my life is brought to you by the frog ninja wrestling camps registration options are available at frog ninja frog ninja is offering two camps this summer the first one June 27th through the 29th, and it's going to be in Spooky Nook out in PA. Technicians will include Mike Evans, Dave McFadden, Brian Pearsall. Register now at frogninjawrestlingclub.com. Dustin Schlater, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate Appreciate you having me on here. Excited.
0: Let's start at the beginning, 1995 the rents take you to night to the world championships in Atlanta. What memories do you have of that, that event?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it was, it was pretty electric. It, it was wild. You know, it, we had an, just an incredible tournament Team USA. Um, we had a stacked lineup of, you know, it was, it was phenomenal. Um, catch it was, I would say, you know, Kevin Jackson, Ken Cross, Brands Brothers, Bruce Baumgartner, Kurt Angle, like just, you know some some of the biggest stars in, in USA wrestling history, um, but the atmosphere was incredible, um, and that was really uh, I feel like a turning point for me me and my brother and um, the way we looked at wrestling and our wrestling and where we wanted to wanted to go with it. Um, I remember one one evening we actually went to an Atlanta Braves game um, just to do something a little different, and you know nothing against the baseball, but it was just like oh this is boring like <laughs> you know. You know it, it, but yeah, that, that really stuck with us and, um, incredible experience.
0: Pretty cool for your parents to take you <clears throat> to Atlanta for a, for a family vacation centered around the worlds.
1: Oh yeah. You know, I think the next year was the Olympics. That was a little harder to, uh, to get tickets for to get to. So we settled on the world and yeah, it couldn't have been a cooler event, you know.
0: Wow. And so at that point, were you and CP already, you know, wrestlers or were you just kind of getting into it at that point?
1: um we were already wrestlers you know we're still young i, I want to say i was probably nine my brother was probably 11 and um so it was just kind of you know probably for him on the cusp of really turning it on and getting serious you know you're still young but you know kind of at that at that point where this is what we want to do this is the direction we're going this is we're, we're committing to this we want to be at the, the world stage this is the level that you know we want to wrestling take us to.
0: It's cool because I read <clears throat> that after that tournament you and your brother would go home and, you know, one person would be Team USA, one person would be Russia and you guys would like have dual meets and, and kinda of dream about being on Team USA.
1: Oh yeah. We uh I I know we found the the music they kept playing, it was like the Jock Jam soundtrack and we put that on on Blast and um, you know, yeah, it would be USA, Iran. And that was the first time I was exposed to Iranian fans, you know, and uh yeah, they they were yeah you know they're 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 high energy, they're nuts and it's awesome.
0: They're electric. <laughs> right. I uh <clears throat> I I love the uh it was someone tweeted last year at the Worlds are like anytime you Donnie's wrestling, it sounds like a traffic jam in Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> and it does. Yeah. It's crazy to to hear that. Yeah, they got that blue horn going and yeah. That that definitely stuck with us. Yeah. Have you ever been to Iran during your travels? I have, yep wow um, when was actually, that uh
1: 2015 the last time i wrestled the last uh competition i had was in iran it actually was was kind of done and um bryce alger called and they were looking for for a guy for the world club cup team and said so we're going to tehran and i was like okay yep let's do that
0: i'll you be know, there it's kind of
1: one of those things where i was like uh you know i kind of wasn't training super hard i was kind of phasing out but also wrestling the college guys and, and still coaching and and so, uh, man, cool experience, you know, just, you know, the beauty of wrestling you go to places like, like Iran and and just how crazy they are about, about the sport is, is pretty cool. So,
0: so what was the arena like? I mean, what was the atmosphere like in there? Um,
1: you know, it, as you imagine, it, it was high energy, you know, and, you know, as soon as we get off the bus, fans would be all around us and, and, um, you know, the, the security and the the minor, minders that the, the, they had escorting you everywhere was, was pretty intense. Um, you couldn't you couldn't just go down the street and go to the mall or something like that. Um, really, yeah, wow. it, it, it was heightened intensity for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah it's, that, it's a cool to <clears throat> see.
0: That's a that's crazy because that tournament is the same tournament where a couple years later Taylor pin Yasdani for the first time. Yeah. And it was kind of like a big turning point in his career. So, yeah, that's... Do they still have that World Cup or, like, the Club's Cup?
1: I, I don't know. I mean, I know... not sure if they've done it recently. I, I haven't heard about it, but for a few years there, it was a, it was a pretty big deal.
0: Oh, and yeah, Titan it was Mer- legit. It was, it was
1: Titan, Titan Mercury would, would organize, um, you know, the U.S. team. Uh, but uh, And then uh, the one Iranian team, you could have a couple foreigners on your team. You know, they kind of combined it iran and a couple of dagestani uh, super <laughs> team but
0: get a yeah, couple of passports had, printed
1: yeah right um but we had a good team we got we got second out there um but yeah very cool experience
0: wow i mean man just the the places you've been as a wrestler and as a coach i can't even imagine like how many trips you've taken and how many countries you've gone to
1: yeah it's, it's been a lot and, and the cool thing you know wrestling is really big and uh very unique places, right? Like places you're not going to normally travel. You know, there's places I haven't been. I haven't been to, you know, London or, you know, some places that you would normally go, uh, but I've been to Yakutsk and Tehran and Havana, you know, Dagestan, all these these places that most people never see. And it's it's great to be there because they they love wrestling and um, it's very unique.
0: So when you went to Dagestan, was that for the Alonso Cup?
1: um gosh i can't
0: i can't remember it wasn't the launch
1: cup what was the tournament it was just a couple years ago it was i was coaching okay Um, we brought a team out there and um that was that was quite an experience itself
0: that's the motherland that's truly the uh that are like the 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 real hotbeds of the world you know and it's ridiculous the amount of Olympians though those two regions, and if you throw in Chechnya, what they're doing, it's like holy smokes! I mean, it's right. crazy.
1: Yeah, it's it, within what our right. hour, two hour radius is just half of the world Olympic medalists for a, lo- a long time. We're we're from that that small, very small region, but like yeah. when you go there, you kind of realize why, because you know everyone wrestles. You know, when you're a kid, you at least try wrestling, right? That's that's kind of the foundation sport there, and they're so passionate about it. Um, And, you know, it's a tough place. So it produces tough people. It's good for wrestling.
0: Was the security tight there, just like it was in Iran? Uh, It was. um, We had a little more freedom. Uh, You know, they said,
1: the first day we were there, they said, don't leave the compound uh, unless you have, you know, a guard with you. Um, You know, we were stupid, so we we did venture a little bit. Um, But the weird thing, you know, we felt, we, we would still stay together, but we, we felt comfortable in the fact after being there a couple of days, we'd go to the market and, and people knew we were wrestlers and they, you know, they had, seemed like they had some respect, you know, even no matter where you're from, they, they respected that you're there to compete in, and um, there was some common ground. Right. So, yeah. um, I, so I always felt, I felt pretty comfortable there and um You know, in our travels, we always have to go through Moscow and you're walking around Moscow. I feel less comfortable in Moscow because it's just a giant city. And, um, but you go to Dagestan, they instantly recognize why you're there, who you are. um, And you're going through the market and you see Sajulai of, you know, memorabilia memorabilia everywhere. And um,
0: (laughs) really? Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So. Imagine walking back uh, a farmers market. I live in Chicago. Like going to Lincoln Park to a farmers market and seeing Snyder and JB hanging up in the right. in the farmers yeah, that's, market. That's, that's what exactly it is. Exactly what it would be. Yeah. Freaking crazy. Yeah. I yeah. I just don't think people, you know, the average American wrestling fan can can comprehend that. And I definitely can. It's like that is literally where you've been. Re- everyone's been wrestling at such a young age that they're familiar with the sport. It's it's pretty pretty awesome that there's places like that in the world that exist. Yeah yep wow so when so obviously you you're now in in the business world you stepped away from coaching in august and you know your career spanned 17 years at minnesota and obviously there's a whole lot going on before that you know when i think about you i think about obviously the the fargo dominance uh when did when did you start going out there and, and kind of what are your memories from fargo
1: um yeah So. Well, yeah, it's Fargo. My first two cadet years and junior. I actually did Fargo three times. My first three years, I was eligible for it. So two cadets and a junior. Um, that, was, that was really the the pinnacle, um, I think, at the time for the sport. Uh, I made the cadet world team. My first year I was eligible. Right after that tournament, they said, you know, we're cadets are canceled. There's no world, and and there was a a stint there where they didn't have cadets or junior worlds, and that happened to fall right during my eligibility for it. we ended up going to China and wrestling the Chinese nationals, but I never did cadets with FILA cadets, FILA juniors back then. Um, But then we never, never really did that. And so the focus shifted to, you know, domestic competition in Fargo. So that that was really, that was it. That was a big deal. Um, But very good memories of Fargo, you know, the old bracketing system, I'd wrestle Greco and freestyle, probably 18 to 20 matches uh, each tournament. And it's over, you know, I was there for like ten days. It felt like um, mm-hmm. three days Greco, one day off, three days freestyle, six weigh-ins. Just kind of a grind. It's 95 degrees in Fargo. Mosquitoes are as big as your hand. No AC in the dorms. Kind of like you know, it was just you know a very very cool experience, but uh, it was a grind, and um, I had good results there, and I won Greco and freestyle. Cadets my first and second year, then Greco and freestyle my my first junior year there, and uh, I got the OW all three years in freestyle. Um, so crazy! crazy. I, feel, I feel good about crazy. My, my time in the Fargo Dome back then.
0: Um, you know what's it's also nice ins- insane is that I just realized this. So I'm doing a, a six part audio documentary on Henry Cejudo that goes live in two weeks. You know, right before his fight, and obviously he was a, a Fargo specimen as well. And now I'm thinking his big Fargo year was '04, which is when he beat mango and franklin gomez mm-hmm. back to back and then tech mike gray it's like insane so you were out there during all of that
1: uh yeah so i want to say
0: oh four you would have been a
1: um, junior that was my junior so i i, I did uh oh one oh two oh three oh four would have been in my second junior which i i didn't wrestle I was, um okay having some concussion issues at times so i took that 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 summer off and then the next year oh five, I was going into college and it was I was gonna wrestle right away. So I uh, moved to Minnesota a little little early in the summer and started focusing on, on the folks side of things.
0: Got uh, it. Okay. Uh, so so Henry was also there in oh three and oh two. So you would have been there in those years. But those those God. those years at Fargo were crazy. Oh, yeah, uh, it's insane. Cause you think about it now, like I think about some of the best guys now, like like Bo Bassett, like he's just a machine killer. Right they don't even wrestle at Fargo because their whole thing is the UWW cadets, which I totally get it. Um, Like same with Spencer Lee. Like I don't think Lee ever wrestled at Fargo. Right. So it's like, it's Fargo's still legit. It's just, if you're in that insanely high echelon of making Fila junior and Fila cadet teams, then maybe you'd skip. So I, you know, I, I just don't want to see any of our great tournaments go down in importance because there's something yeah. special about that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's The point was, there was no, UWW, Kent Junior Worlds at that time. They're a right. kind of a couple of years. So that was what we had, and and yeah, for the most part, you know, there's some guys that maybe didn't wrestle freestyle, but pretty much, you know, the high level guys would all be at Fargo, and uh, it was uh, some incredible matches. And you know, I got the brackets, and I, I don't, you know, they're in my garage because they're so tall. I, I you know, I, I don't know where to put them, but they're yeah. cool. I don't want to get rid of them. You no, know.
0: and the uh, names on there's got to be crazy. You look through yeah, some of those, yeah.
1: That's the cool thing. you go through and you see some names,
0: like, oh wow, you know. But so, you know. Your, your first year there, <clears throat> I was reading uh, Kevin from the blood round is a, is an avid Michigan guy, and he wrote mm-hmm. a, a hilarious blog post. But it's um, it's about part of it's about you and Metcalf, and he, you know, your first year at Fargo, you went at 130, and then Metcalf wins at 135. And you know, then it was kind of like he's thinking, all right, when are these guys going to wrestle? And so, based on my research, I found that you guys wrestled two times in high school, Medina, and then the senior nationals. Was there any other times besides that?
1: Um, That would have been it. Uh, In terms of Fargo, he was he was always bigger at that point. But yeah, um, our seniors of high school finally ended up at the same weight. We wrestled growing up um, many times as kids. Uh, My brother would wrestle his brother. uh, You know, we go to tournaments in Michigan, and we. We'd have the Metcalf brothers versus Schlater brothers. That that happened a handful of times. Um, but yeah, then uh, finally senior, senior year of high school, we were uh, you know, probably through the top recruits. And um, Davidson happened to be going to Medina. And, and so we met there. Then we met again to senior nationals.
0: I've, uh, I've had Metcalf on a long time ago, actually, and he talked about that match and he, he's, he kind of jokes around about it now, but I encourage everyone to go out there and watch it because it's on YouTube and it's, it's crazy. The Matt's like the smallest Matt I've ever seen in my life going out of bounds. It's, it's such a high school tournament feel. Um, how did that, that loss impact you going forward the rest of that season? Um,
1: yeah, you know, it was, it was, uh, it was like a very epic high school kind of environment where it was a it was a huge gym, but it was packed and everyone's on their feet and a lot of excitement, anticipation. Um, you know, I I lost in uh, double overtime. He ended up riding me out. Um,
0: questionable loss, though. Very questionable yeah, officiating in the end.
1: Yeah, it was uh, a takedown I had at the end. They gave it to me, and then the, the the score, the timekeeper, they went to him to for his judgment. and He said. I believe he said, you know, let's go. Time was out. So we keep wrestling. Well, all right. We'll more. <laughs> you know, it's kind of one of those deals. Um, but no, you know, that you, when you have setbacks and losses, you know, um, that's generally when you make your big leaps and um, forces you get to kind of refocus and analyze what went what wrong and where you need to put your energy. And, and fortunately, we knew that we were going to wrestle again two months later, three months later at the senior nationals in Cleveland. Um, so, you know, it really helped me focus in and and do what I needed to do. You know, I I was hungry to to get that back and I knew I had my opportunity. So,
0: it's at that point for someone of your caliber, your senior year in high school, are you finding it hard to stay motivated for like the Ohio State tournament, or was that never an issue for you?
1: Um, no, I mean I wasn't. When the state tournament came around, I was uh, I was I was very motivated to go out and dominate and win. Um. But I knew there were there were bigger things on the horizon, and and you know if I'm my senior, if I'm really focused on training to win the NCAA tournament the next year, then high school stuff's going to pretty much take care of itself, right? You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. When when you wrestle in, you know, we wrestled at Ironman and and you know BC, so we had a big tournament. So you go back to the state tournament, it's like, well, kind of comparatively, you know, this probably isn't as high of a level. Um, right. But. Um, you know, it's, it's just continuing to uh, to perfect. You know, your wrestling and 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 you know, take it one match at a time and just uh, yeah, take care of business, right? Well,
0: because it's interesting, because you would have been like a Levi Haynes type candidate to to reg to skip your senior year and do one of these <clears throat> RTC red shirts, especially since CB was um, um was already at was already at uh, Minnesota, right? So. Um yeah. CP, sorry. I always get C <clears> B <throat> Dalloway confused. C P. Um, so it was that even something that was even thought about back in that era, or that wasn't even a consideration?
1: No, I mean that really wasn't a consideration. Um you know, that just really didn't happen. I, I I'd been going to the Olympic Training Center um since I made the cadet team going to my freshman year of high school. So I that qualified me to go to the to camps there. And so I'd go I'd go to OTC in Colorado probably three times a year in the summer and and do the training camps and wrestle senior level guys and get thrown around like crazy. Um and and I know that they they were pushing for me to move out there for a year. Um but I was in a good situation where I was in high school. But the RTC things didn't it didn't exist yet. So there was no Isn't that crazy? Really essentially was no option. I don't know if that was legal to to move to campus and and train with the college guys. Um you know there was like open match at Cleveland State I used to go to in the fall. Um we had a very a very tough room and we'd have some of the E two and D three colleges in the area would come down and wrestle with us. Um I went to I graduated from massillon Perry and when I was there we had Brian Dolph as head coach. Um Clint muster was around, um, you know, Dolph was NCAA, champ, champler was Dolph up. was the head coach? <laughs> For two years, yeah. The, the wow. two years of the Perry. Um so uh, I and those guys were, we're young and, and middle weights so the, the, guys I would train with, um, Stevie Luke and Chan from Michigan was on my team there. And, uh, but then we would do, uh, kind of, we'd go once a week to all schedule it. We still had a very, very good team at the time, St. State Mary's and we would kind of rotate around, um, and we'd all train together and go so I had some really good partners. Um, and that's, that's, you know, we did what we had to do to, to find guys to push you and Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, that worked obviously, um, the system we have now is, is probably a little better for the high level guy you know being able to be on a college campus at an r t c is mm-hmm.
0: gonna get better than that I mean that's the that's the ultimate look how it worked out for, for Levi Haynes it does yeah. does kind of hurt my heart a little bit though to know that the best guys aren't going to the state tournament their senior year that yeah. that kind of bums me out though a little bit you know for sure.
1: and it yeah that that, that would have been a tough choice because you know we put we put very high value on <laughs> Being a four-time state champ was, was a very big deal to us, and that was um, kind of something, uh, a goal we set very early on. Um, you know, we went to uh, St. Paris Graham is where I started my high school career, and the, the Jordan brothers were four-time state champs. And, you know, that was just very, it was ingrained in us, like, that's the kind of the pinnacle of high school wrestling in Ohio, was be a four-time state champ. And so, it would have been a hard call to go that senior year, you know. Um,
0: so, so you started at St. Paris Graham?
1: Yeah. We, how uh, many years were you there? <clears throat> Two years.
0: I had no idea. Wow. Yeah, so
1: we did, you know, I, I heard it described as the Schlater Odyssey. We actually grew up in Columbus and uh we went to Columbus St. Francis of Sales, which is a very you know, strong wrestling school. There's still still a strong wrestling school today. Um and then my brother's uh junior my freshman year, we moved to St. Paris Graham. Um and that was kind of the beginning of Paris Graham's dynasty um their run and uh two years there and he went off to minnesota and um things didn't, didn't quite work out there and, and so we ended up uh my two final two years went to maximum period um and, it, and again that that year they had um brian dalt and clint muster kind of moved back and it was like still doesn't get much better than that you know no. guys like this so uh we you know we were just looking for the the best opportunities, the best partners, the best coaches, guys that would would be willing to wrestle us every day because you know, we didn't have RTCs and we needed someone Yeah high level to you know to work with.
0: Dolph is those guys who were at Penn in the nineties say that Dolph is one of the just the most impactful coaches they've ever worked with. So oh, he's he's, uh, he's a wild man, but <laughs> he's a
1: wild man. I'll, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I like Dolph a lot. He I I, I credit him with uh getting me ready for the college. I mean he he toughened, toughened me up. hundred percent he treated our team like we were in college and you know
0: good and bad, but you know yeah.
1: yeah, he didn't treat us like boys. We 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 worked hard and definitely toughened me up.
0: I can't even imagine. And so when you're going through your high school run, you know, one of the one of the most highly sought after recruits of all time, your brother's already at Minnesota. What was the recruiting process like for you? Did anyone even bother calling you or did they just know you were going to Minnesota?
1: Um, I still got some calls, but it wasn't like my brother, you know, I think there was kind of an understanding that we were a package deal more or less. Mm -hmm. And um, so I went on a lot lot of the recruiting trips with him. Um, Our whole family went. So in a way I, I did do the recruiting experience twice, Um, but you know, there was definitely less calls, but I I still wanted to go through it and, and, and see what was out there and, and um, so I went on, you know, most of my visits, and, and still went through all that. And um, but ultimately, you know, I had built really strong relationships with the staff in Minnesota, with the with the guys in the team, and and I wanted to be uh, teammates with my brother, who we were training partners. So um, it just you know, we're tight knit family. And, and so yeah,
0: you know, he. So where was where would he have gone? Do you think if he didn't go to Minnesota? Looking back on it,
1: um, the, the second second choice was we Ohio State.
0: Oh, yeah, of course. And yeah. it was from
1: Columbus. And my mom worked at Ohio State for uh, 30 years. And it, so that was really the hard decision at the time. Um, I would say that was the end of uh, Coach Ellison's tenure. Um, yeah, Tom Ryan got hired, oh, I want to say, a year after uh, I graduated high school, two years after I graduated high school. So it was kind of, for them, it was a transition in Columbus for them. Um, Tom Ryan
0: would have been all over you. That would have been yeah. crazy.
1: Um, and, it, and my brother graduated in 03. Minnesota right. one and oh one and oh two, and so I remember national Bulls we were in Columbus. I, it was oh one or oh two, and we went and watched. And actually, high speed did well. They they upset a couple teams that were in the finals. But just the dominant Minnesota from top to bottom. I mean, I mean they had ten all Americans, and I was like, you know, you get ten all Americans, you're doing something right. Like every That's guy crazy. was just a hammer and they wrestled hard, and and so that was kind of eye opening. And like, man, what's going on up there?
0: I've mm-hmm. never really been
1: to Minnesota before that, but, um, yeah.
0: Did you go to the NCAAs when they were at Carver, when they did have 10 All-Americans?
1: No, I, I didn't go to that. Um, <clears throat> obviously, I watched the finals on ESPN, but...
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a big then, one, though.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, I being a Minnesota guy now, I hear so many stories about that and feel like I was there, but... <laughs>
0: That morning blood round, it's like that's why you can never skip the blood round at Nash, or oh, not yeah. the blood round, but that that morning, uh, it must have been that Saturday morning round, right, where they kind of pulled it back together. Yeah, because um, the semis went really bad, and then the next right. morning they kind of they they went in there and just guys wrestled their ass off in the wrestlebacks, and they yeah. I think they won it before the finals, and they didn't have a finalist. Yeah.
1: They they locked it up Saturday morning. I um, hear about. But what else? And getting third, Damian Hahn coming back in a pin and uh, doing the old. Spike. The, yeah. Nail, yeah,
0: yeah, dude. I'm yeah, getting chills thinking about uh thinking about all the Minnesota guys coming on here. Like that van ride that morning. It was like uh, who was the class? Oh, like Hartung's class because they almost won in '99 but didn't win, right? Yeah. And yeah. those guys like were driving the vans that morning. It's like yeah. that is that is just gets you so excited.
1: Yeah, Hartung and A. and Lesnar that kind of group. They were just came up short and. But, yeah, still around. And yeah, that would have been a very, very cool tournament to be a part of. But that's kind of, the, you know, what we came to Minnesota on, right? That just mm-hmm. kind of happened. And then the following year, my brother committed to Minnesota. So, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. So what I did not know until I watched your interview with Bader is that a lot of your high school career, if maybe just maybe not a lot, but like certainly near the end, you were battling concussions. And I just had Helen Marulis on. And obviously, she had her journey with that and um talked about it. So I'm just curious, when did that start for you?
1: Uh this started probably really my junior year of high school. Um and yeah going to my senior year, which is why I didn't wrestle at Fargo uh, my second junior year. Um yeah so dealing with that, you know, took the summer off and they they, they just you know they when they when they happen at the time, there wasn't a lot of awareness and um, you know, you'd take maybe a week off and you get back to it. And it's a lot, of, I think it's a lot better, the protocols and everything, than just the awareness today than it was back then. But we had, you know, I went to see specialists in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Akron, Columbus. We flew to Denver. Uh, coaches went to Another train, trainer out there, set us up with a specialist who had worked with a lot of NHL hockey players. He worked with Lincoln McIlwravey. But we went out there. um, it was a scary time you know the first doctor the first first guy i saw was like you can't wrestle anymore which was just devastating to hear
0: so you have one concussion and is are the effects lingering pretty bad or like because some people have a concussion and they you know you wouldn't even know it a couple days later So, like what was it a series of them or like you just had one big one that led you to see got all this help
1: uh i have one big one when i was younger that that sticks me that i went to the hospital and um you know kind of blacked out for a, a, a while but um and I used to play football and, and so I, you know, stopped mm-hmm. that and uh they just compounded on each other and um but anyways it sometimes I would get hit and it wasn't even that hard and all of a sudden I couldn't my vision was gone and I get tingly and um you know you'd have all these other symptoms and you know I've had I've had my fair share of knee injuries or other injuries or whatever, you know, just like most wrestlers have things. But when it's your brain, when it's your head, it's like it's a little different, right? Um I'm fine if I have to hobble the rest of my life, but you can't think right you can't you can't talk you know you can't comprehend yeah. stuff that's a different ball game um so you know that was something you know just had to kind of you know deal with and figure out and and you know tried to live a clean lifestyle and you know get your sleep your nutrition like a lot of things go into that right they have an an, mm-hmm. an impact mm-hmm. and
0: um um so what are you thinking after that first doctor says you're done wrestling or he suggests being done wrestling
1: i mean i was just devastated i you know i probably was in my room crying the rest of the day and just didn't you know didn't really fully understand it and so that's when we really got got the ball rolling and and went all over and tried to seek out you know the top doctors and people have worked with uh you know, professional athletes yeah. that have had this kind of problem <clears throat> um but you know ultimately it would determine it was it was uh brain stem migraines is what they called it you know when you get a concussion like these things they compound and become more frequent and uh you have triggers right it you know caffeine if you have caffeine that's a that's a big trigger for a lot of people so you know no caffeine at all um really and, even to this yeah. day
0: or only when you no, were now? I, I mean now yeah.
1: i I have plenty of coffee, you know, but, uh, no, back then when I was competing, I never had any, any caffeine, um, you know, just trying to figure out what triggers you and, and to avoid that. And, and like I said, doing everything right. Um, I'm sure there's an effect, you know, cutting weight the wrong way. Um, nutrition, your sleep, it, it all adds up and has an impact. I was just gonna
0: ask that the weight cutting is you see that with fighters right, um, in, in boxing especially right, big time weight cutting it can really have some some effects on the brain and obviously you know bo- boxing and fighting we're talking about a whole different level of trauma as, as compared to to a wrestling match but I was gonna ask you if that had any any impact on it.
1: Um, I think it does for sure. But you know I've, I've told you before I, you know, I, I promise that down blocking a George Burroughs double leg. Is very that's, you know that's as much as a <laughs> anyone's punch you know what i mean like, yeah that's brutal you, you can get your bell rung just as good in wrestling uh oh yeah but, um so what are your go ahead it's just something we had to manage, and, and, I, and i feel like uh in terms of my wrestling my technical technical aspects of wrestling and um i just had to control things even more and and you know I didn't want to roll around like crazy man and, and expose myself to new, you know, new positions. I needed to be in control. My hand fighting needs to take precedence and I needed to, uh, you know, really be methodical out there and be in control of the situation.
0: Did you ha- did you ever have any flare-ups at Minnesota? Oh yeah.
1: Oh really? Yeah. I mean, something like that with college senior level, you know, and then like I said, there'd be a year, a year, two years where I had no issues, but then all of a sudden you have one and then, and you got to be careful because now it's going to happen, you, you know,
0: Easier and that's always it. in the back of your mind, I'm sure, a little bit, yeah,
1: right? For sure. I mean, there's always a fear with that, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, yeah, i can I can think of several big moments where it did happen and, and you know, many times I wrestled through it and things turned out okay, but it's not fun.
0: You know, no. it's not enjoyable. So yeah, it just shows how tough you are, man, because th- no one it, what was interesting to me is that no one really knew about this at the time in the wrestling world. It was very you know tighten its situation um and to still think that you wrestled the way you did with this going on is crazy because i mean back then true freshman winning the nationals was not a common thing you did it your only loss was in november and you beat the guy later in the year it's like that what that back then was one of the it obviously still is but you know a season that people were like this freshman is is just on the track to be the next pat smith and now we see freshmen win all the time. And do you think mm-hmm. it's because the RTCs?
1: Oh, I think so. I mean yeah, I mean it's probably a, a lot of a lot of things, but I think that's probably one of the biggest things. You know, I think of you know, a guy like Gable Steeson, um, what what's he gonna do? I mean, even as an eighth grader or ninth grader, who's he gonna wrestle with?
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean, two hundred and forty pounds. You know he he needs he needs guys to push him. I mean he's not going to find a high school kid in the area to push him. You know he's going to be bored. You know so you know for the for the high level guys that's, you know that's how they jump levels. That's how they stay sharp. Right? Um, Did you go to guess, Tokyo with Gable? Uh, I didn't. I um, actually had uh, my my first child, my my daughter, um, two weeks before. Oh wow! Didn't, didn't plan it out very well. And, uh, <laughs> Congrats I mean, though. Yeah, thank you. So I yeah. You decided you to stay look... back and, and uh, be a father.
0: Shout like, shout at the T V like the rest of us in one of the craziest oh, yeah. finals oh, matches yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> and it really wasn't bad because
1: that those first couple of weeks doing a late night feeding. So I was like, Yeah, I'll do these.
0: Yeah. When the
1: Olympics is on, I got these no problems. So but I would just be up watching wrestling and like, Oh yeah, doing some feeding. So that, that worked out good, but yeah, I was up six AM screaming and uh yeah. down and, she <laughs> knew exactly what I was screaming about. So yeah. It's
0: cool. Yeah, I have I I love those memories of getting up at like four or one in the morning. You pop on Twitter, all the wrestling people are up and, and you know, we're watching the worlds or the Olympics, and that one was crazy because it felt like I don't know if David Taylor and Gable were the same day or like subsequent days, but it just seemed like in Gilman almost once, so he had a goyov. It's like every match felt like it was just it was like you're a high school team, and you're in the finals at every weight, and it was just right. so fun to watch USA do that. And I can't, I can't wait for uh, obviously this year, but you know Paris twenty four. It's going to be yeah. awesome. Yeah
1: it is. Yeah, it's, it's exciting. You think,
0: yeah, that was, that was wild. Do you think Gables wrestling ever again?
1: I think he would like to.
0: Um,
1: I, I mean, I I think so, but I, I cannot say for sure. Yeah. Um, I I can say that he wants to. That. You know, any of the conversations that I've had with him, I mean, maybe, maybe 22 years old, or, you know, I mean.
0: 22. Right.
1: <laughs> so it's like, crazy. For most people, your senior level career is just about to begin. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, I've got a lot more left, and it would, you know, I, yeah, it, it, it just, it, his wrestling is uh, 22 and, and the things that he can do. Um,
0: be a shame if he didn't wrestle again, it would that. be especially. I want to see him against those big Iranians, right? They have some yeah, great yeah, heavyweights yeah. right now.
1: <clears throat> would like to see him in dire. Uh, oh, yeah, Iranian. That, that, that would be a good one that we looked at and hadn't happened. So, I think that would be a very, very fun matchup,
0: yeah. Now, I hope he comes back. It's a uh... It's just crazy to think how good he is. And I had Cole Conrad on, you know, another Minnesota heavyweight legend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Gable's in his own league, man. He's like, it's yeah. not even close. Like, what what was your experience coaching him uh, when you were at the U?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, he was just very clearly different. Um, yeah, he he's, him and his family are from Northwest Indiana, and they moved to uh, Minnesota when he was, I'll say, seventh grade. They went to Apple Valley, and, and I was coaching, coaching there twice a week, uh, kind of on the side, and that was when they had a, and they had a good team. They had Seth Rose, Mark Hall. I mean, they had some, some hammers, and um, and those guys have obviously done incredible things. Mm-hmm. But then I see this kind of pudgy, you know, middle schooler, and then you watch him, and it's like, whoa, what, what is this? Like, didn't at the time didn't? I mean, now he looks like it. He looks the part. At the time, he did not look the part. Just in there goofing around, and it was you know, you can just tell this guy is going to be just something different. Um, I mean, don't be a genius to see that, but
0: yeah.
1: I mean, it's fun guy to work with, you know, even at that point I could show the highest level technique to, you know, if I'm working on and he can just pick it up, you know, and um, I mean, he's, he's, he's a student of the sport, you know, very much so Um, very technical. And he puts in the time and, you know, very enjoyable to work with.
0: And I love that we've seen him down and how he responds. Like I think about that Big Ten Finals as freshman year at Minnesota, that had to be to him one of the biggest turning points in in his career, and certainly you know two weeks later as well. But at Minnesota as a freshman, that was that's one that sticks out to me. And then, but I'm also thinking about that that match in the finals. Like he was the momentum in the first period was going his way so much, and then it kind of turned around. Like. You know, like those those momentum shifts are hard to come back from, and that's just how the heart he has. Like to be able to fight through that is crazy. I mean, talents on on un, un unmatched, but the will to come back from something like that or stay in that match was insane.
1: Yeah, and it, and I think for for him, part of it was he never he was rarely ever in matches that were tight or or really was pushed. Like when I think about for me, you know. I was in some cold battles, you get, and you figure out how to win those close ones, right? Um, how to stay in matches, how to pull things out. For him, he was so dominant at um, the high school level. I mean, what high school heavyweight was going to, you know, beat get out close of here. Him, you know? <laughs> and so when he did find himself in, in those scenarios, you know, I, I think for, at that point, it was probably just strategy and, and, you know, some of those little things you learn with experience or being in those situations, which he really was never in those situations, right?
0: That's the, that's the crazy part. Yeah. It's he's, I hope he comes back. Gabe, if you're listening, come on back. We, we'd love to have you. It's, it's crazy to think how many titles he could rack up. I know he's probably not going to do it every year, but man, what, it'd be crazy. And then you got to think 28s in LA to do it at home. Yeah. All right. those guys who wrestled in Atlanta at 96 say there's nothing like it. So hopefully yeah. uh, LA 28 pulls and pulls him back. Um, I want to hit on your college career a little bit because you know, you, you guys had a team title in there. Like I said, a, a title as a, a true freshman for you. But one of the things I thought was cool was that, as you mentioned earlier, Jay told you you were going to wrestle as a true freshman. And so you moved there right away in like June, and you said that was kind of your redshirt season. So what was your yeah. summer like?
1: Um, <clears throat> I just kind of immersed myself with the, with the guys in the team. And, um, you know, at the time, it, it was, uh, there was a good group just – Stay in Minneapolis and training and um, you know, Minnesota was very very dominant at the time and had won previous two national oh one and And um we had Jerry Lawrence and Luke Becker who kind of, you know, were just wrapping up their college careers a, a few years before and both of them were still kind of active on the senior level.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so having the the top one forty nine, one 157 pounder there to beat on you every day. I mean that, that made a pretty big difference, right? And uh
0: what kind of a jump was it the first time you wrestled Lawrence like that that summer as a not even a freshman yet? You're transitioning into your freshman year.
1: Um, I mean it, it was. I'd say it, it was pretty eye opening. Like, I guess uh, I feel like Becker and Lawrence have very different styles, mm. and um, you know, I, I would say the the worst beating I got was from Becker. You just kind of. Put it on me, and I was like, oh, "Welcome to the college scene." And I was like, "Well, that's what like when I got there, I was ready. Like I, I had wrestling college opens in high school, a few of them, and you know, I trained with college guys, but you know, it was just
0: what happened in the Becker workout.
1: Uh, he, he kind of, I don't know, he just kind of put it on me pretty good, and you know, I, I I I had expected to do a little better, but I, I I didn't do as many of like, gosh, we did like a sixty minute go and and some of those grind matches it got, it got pretty long and I was that's not, crazy. I was not used to that. You know, we have j camp, so we have mats all over the field house and in between sessions, you just, all right, we're doing 70 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is and you just wrestle. And um, that's kind of a whole new, a whole different animal to be able to wrestle for 60 minutes straight. Right.
0: Against um, a national champ. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's so, crazy.
1: Um, but yeah, uh, just being there and, Partners like Becker and Lawrence and Chad Erickson and the college guys was uh, and just be thrown into these grind matches and just you know sink or
0: swim. So was your routine the? You'd have the the practice with the guys. Were, were you guys doing two a days or was just one a days during the summer when you're kind of rebuilding? No,
1: we probably. I mean, we do a lot of two days. We'd we'd get a live practice in, but then we'd also do uh, just some technique stuff. And a lot of a lot of the folks I remember, um, which is a big thing, you know, even today is the mat wrestling. And that's probably one of the biggest things between high school and college. Yeah. And um, you know, the best guys can get away, the best guys can ride, and that was kind of the area that I was really focused on tightening up and um Yeah.
0: So Yeah, I, I watched your match with Troy Terrapelli at the Beast of the East Final. And then, you know, a couple years later you rematch him in the big ten finals. And the glaring difference was that you were a yeah. takedown cut guy and then in the big ten finals you're turning, you're riding. I'm like, Oh wow. And yeah. And and then you watch your your finals that year against Eustace, you're t- attacking to the left side too. And I'm I'm sure you did that all the time, but I just watched against Terrapella, you went to your sweep single like three times. So it's like, all right, obviously he feels good with the sweep single. But you know, you then you see subsequent years new things added on. And it's like, man, this guy really added to his game when he got to Minnesota. Yeah.
1: And that's that's what you have to do. If you don't if you're adding new wrinkles in the off season, then people are gonna catch you, right? They you know they can, you know, they've learned what you're going to do. They feel your stuff, you know, and you like to think that, well, it doesn't matter if they know what's coming and it's still going to work. That may be true, but the, the high level guys are going to make adjustments, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to be ready to adjust to their adjustments, right? And have something different, something new, something they haven't felt before. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things when guys get hurt in the off season, um, they don't have that opportunity to perfect, you know, new attacks, new things, you um, that can be that can be detrimental, right? To your development and to staying on top. Um, but yeah, always looking to evolve your wrestling. It's, it's huge.
0: Yeah. I love how Askren says he wants college guys to pick up like one to two new things a year, which mm-hmm. is kind of a interesting to look at it that way. I was dying to ask you, your sophomore year, guys are wrestling you different is what I remember. I remember guys are really keeping it tight. What do you remember about the difference of like going through your freshman year Versus going through your sophomore year where you're now the top dog and you're on a sixty five match win streak, like what was the biggest differences to you?
1: Um, yeah, I mean I, I guess my freshman year uh, people would just wrestle, they'd come after me they'd you know like oh, it's freshman, I'm gonna you know do what I do and and then you know that that kind of worked to my favor, then I could kind of pick them apart and da, da, da. but my second year, you know I, I had some some good counterattacks and I I feel like, you know, I felt pressure well and had some shrugs various things. Right. But um, once second year came around and guys would kind of hang back more and it would be more conservative and wouldn't open up. And and it was more about just keeping matches close and um, and that, uh, yeah, extend yourself and giving me an opportunity to uh, find that angle and and to counterattack or or whatever it may be. Um, So, yeah, it was, it was a little different. Just yeah. the way people would wrestle me, right? You know, and it.
0: Well, I just think about that match with Esposito at the National Duels. It was like eight-seven, and it was like high, like a shootout. You know, like a like a Big Twelve game. And then, you know, after that, it, it was, and that was your freshman year. But certainly, subsequent years after that, you saw guys wrestling you a lot tighter. And it's—I got to imagine—that's it's frustrating, but also it's just something you have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that anyone anyway, who's, who's won a national title and is coming back, they're, they're, they're going through that. Guys are going to wrestle in a little differently and um, good or bad. Yeah, that, that's just how it goes, right?
0: And then when you guys won the team title in 07, what, uh, I mean, team titles are so rare and there's only been like four or five schools that have even done it in the last 30 years. To be able to add your your group to that list, you know, when you're coming up and all you're hearing about is 01 and 02, that had to be pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, it uh, it's very special, you know. And I, <clears throat> we had a, we have a very tight knit group, um, you know, still very close to to all my teammates, um, from back then. And we often uh, you know, we talk crap to the O two O one teams, and we're like, oh yeah, we beat you guys, That's <laughs> worth that, right? Um, no, but we had we had a you know it was awesome year. I mean, you really O six we got second, we lost O T state, but we beat them both both schoolmates. um. And they had five returning national champs, but we matched up really well with them. You know, I, you know, I had Esposito, returning champ, um, and I beat him in both duels. Cole Conrad had Mako, beat him in both dual meets, returning national champ, We yeah. matched up good in dual meets, <clears throat> but in, a, in, in terms of the tournament, it was, it was, it was hard to catch them that, that first year. So we got second. And then the next year was our year. And, um, uh, you know, we, uh. We had a, we had a good team from from top to bottom and um, Cole Carter had Roger Kish, CP, Mac Reiter, um Jason Ness, yeah we did some good guys. So it was, I mean just you know winning an individual title and a team title are are both very special, but they're they're very unique from you know different from one another. You know, Um it was cool and, and we won two Big Ten titles, with six no seven. Um, I think we were actually like twenty one in dual meets and um So it was a really exciting time, really fun run to go on.
0: You guys beat Okie State two duels that year. Yeah. Yep. Wow.
1: We beat them in the national dual finals, and then we went down to Oklahoma and, and beat them down there. So
0: what, what happened in the second match with Espo? Uh,
1: I beat him eleven to two. Of his yeah. So I, Whoa!
0: From an eight to seven to eleven to two, like probably weeks later.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, That's it was probably about a month and a half later, and. <clears throat> He got a little excited and I find my, myself on top of him and he was on his back and I got some back, you know, back
0: points and yeah. wow. as a true freshman though, uh, NCA champion, that's crazy. The, the other thing I was dying to ask you about is I did not realize you went up to 163 at the 09 World Trials. So yep. so just to kind of level set for people, you wrestled 149 your entire college career, you red shirt after three years of wrestling for Minnesota. And go all the way up to seventy four, which is one sixty three. What went in the that to that decision? Uh,
1: yeah. So <clears throat> my third year at one forty nine, the weight cut was getting a little hard. Um, you know, my brother was at one fifty seven, um, and I just that that third year, I was dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, you know, I my my concussion started surfacing again, dealing with that, and then I had some knee injuries, <clears throat> and uh, kind of felt like in it. At the time, you know, I feel like we we would wrestle everyone. I mean, being back every year, we wrestle national goals, and you'd wrestle, you know, four or five matches against the top teams, the top guys. And and um, my weight was was particularly tough, um, very stacked. But it was just a long year, and I could use a break physically and mentally. So I decided to take that red shirt. And um, <clears throat> at the time, it was sixty six kilos or seventy four. So, <clears throat> which is ridiculous um, by the way yeah
0: i mean that's that's a monstrous yeah so stupid
1: and it was like well i'm bread sharing it um, the, the the goal here the point is to to get healthy and to um kind of take a step back and and um you know really find my passion and and, and uh i didn't think that was going to be beneficial to you know cut a bunch of weight to do that you know that wasn't gonna be fun so you know i put a little extra time in the weight room and like, All right, I'll try you know, 34 kilos. And uh, you know, I did well. It was it was exciting, it was fun to wrestle a completely different new group of, of people that had never competed again, you know, different weight, you know, jump around weight, you'll learn that wrestling slightly different. Um guys are stronger, but they're a little slower and they'll tell you. Um and I, I kinda fell in love with the weight room. You know, you had to at that yeah. at that point to move up. And um yeah, so wrestled uh seventy four kilos, made the made the world team and um, pretty cool, pretty cool experience, and you know, probably was a little undersized at at, at that weight, but
0: yeah, because you're you you're a you're a you're a lean guy. I mean, right now, are you even 163 right now? Uh, I'm probably about that. Probably about that. Yeah, because it yeah. it's crazy that one of the interviews you did with USA Wrestling after that, you said it's as hard for me to stay up at 74 as it is for me to cut to 66, which. I don't know if I believe that, but it sounds like it was a a lot of work. It's, I would say if it's as hard. It's, it's more enjoyable. Yeah, it's a little more enjoyable,
1: but it's not, it's not any easier. You know, having to force yourself to eat, and and it's not just throwing junk in your body. I mean, you're you're trying to plan out and eat the right things, and and um, spend a lot of time in the weight room and keeping your weight up. is, it still requires a lot of work and effort, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but definitely more enjoyable than not eating. Except, yeah.
0: Did you, when you came back, did you wrestle 157 at college or 49?
1: So when I came back,
0: <clears throat>
1: uh, I started the year at 165. And,
0: uh, oh, wow.
1: part of the reason I did that, that was just, you know, the, the staff and just how our team was. That was where they, they thought it would be best to have a, you know, strongest team. And, um, we had Jake Deichler who had come in and, uh, Plan was for him to go 157. I was I was fine with 165, um, but he was eligible because he was in the Olympic record team and uh, so he had anyway. his own
0: injuries. It's like that's crazy too. Own, yes,
1: and he had his own stuff. He he got a crazy story and um and I was probably weighing at that time. When you're weighing in week in and week out in the college season, it's hard to keep your weight up. at senior level, it's like once a month you can
0: mm-hmm. pop your weight
1: back up. It's a little different. And so I was finding myself you know several pounds under. And, uh, and then we, you know, Dijkshire couldn't wrestle. So it seemed natural for me to, you know, to, to wrestle 157. So then after uh, halfway through the season, I made the change to 157. And uh, we got Cody Young, who was uh, later down the road, an All-American in at 165. Um, so then I, I dropped down to one, 157, which was where I probably should have been naturally uh, yeah. for that year. <clears throat>
0: um, and yeah. Uh, Eichler is crazy because he, his only college match was against Penn State, I think. Was it Alton? He wrestled, uh, he wrestled Dake too. I'm sorry, Dake. That's, that's who I'm I'm thinking of Dake. That was, that was the correct, that was the weekend. It was Cornell and then Penn State. And you guys uh, literally wrestled everybody.
1: (laughs) Dude, freaking crazy. Kind of what what we did back then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I looked at your freshman year, your 42 wins as a freshman. And that's, You're forty two and one, so you're not doing wrestleback matches. Would you say like that? And now it's so much different. Which there's a lot of opinions on that, but do you think there's there's a happy medium, or is it just guys have wrestled so much, many more matches as at a younger age now that that's why there's less college matches?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is, but there, there there should be a happy medium. I feel like you know when you go into the NCAA tournament, you see some some guys this year, you know, that are twelve and one, 12 and nine, and it's. You Know for some people that work for some, it didn't. You know, you you just you, your timing wasn't right, you, you didn't, you know, mm-hmm. get, get pushed like you probably should have. You know, you didn't ever get taken to deep waters and you find yourself in MTAs and maybe you're not prepared or you, you know, it's been too easy. And, um, but again, back then it was a grind of a season. I mean, we'd wrestle, you know, national duels. You know, my, my freshman year, I think I wrestled the number five guys, the four guy, the two guy um and then the next weekend we do iowa and started big 10 where i had the number one guy and <laughs> so it was the big 10 season and <clears throat> and so by the time i got to nationals i was like i mean i've beaten everyone i'm ready um but also you know we we dealt their fair share of injuries and just you know that i okay. can catch up to you too right so there 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 kind of needs to be a balance i think
0: um so yeah it's there is no right answer right it's 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 it there's so many there's both sides of it and but mostly you just want the guys who are wrestling to to hopefully enjoy it as much as they can but also as fans more matches is better it's just exciting and the national duels we're begging for it we're begging for the duels
1: and there's not. yeah there that was one of the coolest events back then i mean there was not a single team that was like nah we're not gonna we're not gonna come right game. like you wanted to win that you know And what what a cool thing you know it'd be awesome to have that back
0: that's how Minnesota really broke onto the scene when, when they beat Iowa in the national duels in like ninety eight. I don't know if it was it was your the heavyweight before Lesnar pinned the Iowa guy in the finals. And then the following year, Lesnar pinned West Hand. It's like, dude, those that all happened at the national duels. Like yeah. those are some of the best memories in yeah. in the that era of wrestling.
1: Yeah, and even and I even continued in Minnesota when I was when I was just coaching and doing some senior level stuff. Um like 2012, 2013, We had some epic national goals. Minnesota beat Oakie State in the finals. I remember yeah. really pinned uh Harry. I like, I mean it was, it was just it wasn't even, it wasn't that long ago that, that that was still a very strong still event. Still
0: very strong. Yeah. Man, that's that's right. That's right. Minnesota almost won it again in what was it, twenty thirteen that year or
1: Yeah. Um <clears throat> I wanna say 20, 2012 and twenty thirteen we got second. Got second. Wow. So,
0: that's crazy to be that good that long. You're talking about 12 and still very, very good, but to be in the hunt for a title for literally from like 99 through then is really insane. And, yeah. um, I love what the guys are doing now. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's just a matter of time for it, for Minnesota's back up on top. I just want to close down with this. Uh, we got to hop off here, but you've, you know, you left in August from wrestling world. You're now in the, in the business world as a salesperson. I'm a salesperson. People are sick of me saying that. Tell me about your experience of of how wrestling has kind of helped you with this next transition in your life, and we can close down with that.
1: Um, yeah, <clears throat> so so made a you know a career pivot. Um, like I mentioned, I have a, a young family. I have a twenty month old daughter and a five month old son. Um, just being being around my family and what's best for them, you know, I made a decision, and with NLI, I think we've all aren't sure where the future lies, and, and especially as it pertains to RTCs and some of that stuff. So I made a decision to. Uh, you try something different um and it's it's just fun it's a challenge um but you know I, you know the things that uh wrestling instilled in me you know the, the work ethic and you know I, dealing with adversity you know i don't want to say like oh I, I love adversity but i kind of like when when something happens and it doesn't work out i kind of inside kind of have a smirk you know like kind of like oh well it's perfect it happened to me because this is you know something i can handle i can deal with because of the things that we've gone through and um and, uh, yeah, doing something new and, um, uh, as a salesperson, you know, dealing with rejection is like that's, that's part of it. It's tough for some people, but get yeah. that mentality where it's like, all right, on the next, you know, it doesn't you don't take it personal and you just got to grind through it. And, uh, yeah, you know, all those, uh, those attributes that I learned, um, my years on the mat and, and the train, the grind, you know, I think it, it definitely has helped set me up for, for success and, and having the right attitude and the right mentality to yeah. be able to accomplish anything
0: so nil is really shaking things up that much though like it it's uh valenti was telling me that he's an ad at, at a pen or an associate ad and he's like dude nca is really unstable right now like yeah. a lot of stuff going on i
1: mean it's yeah i mean it's good that was like that was kind of a nail in the coffin for me i was like I, I just especially from we talk about how the impact that RTCs have had on uh, the development of our wrestlers and, and the success we've had internationally since their inception, and now it's almost completely jeopardized. You know, the funding that we, we put into RTCs is like, well, now that we're going to be pay, paying college athletes, we're we paying recruits. Like, you know, it, and, I, and I don't know. I've been out of it for a year, so
0: right, it, it seems like that money's got to go somewhere, and there's only right, so much of it.
1: Right, we're going to the same well for this. This, this morning it's, it's funny yeah. um so it's got to come from somewhere and that's that's the concern right you know
0: yeah well it's a it's certainly a topic that could could be spent uh, several hours talking about so we'll, we'll let you go but dustin it was awesome to have you on i was so excited for this podcast and it was uh it was just great to have you man thank you for coming on
1: absolutely i appreciate it ryan
0: thanks for listening to this episode of wrestling changed my life This episode was presented by Frog Ninja Wrestling Club, who's putting on two camps this summer. Go to FrogNinjaWrestlingClub.com if you're in the PA area and want to learn from some of the best in the business. FrogNinjaWrestlingClub.com. Register for their upcoming summer camps now. We'll see you later this week with a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life. Peace!